0: Well, we're honored to have one of my very best friends. He's an entrepreneur. He started many businesses. One of his businesses went on and it, it is a billion dollar business today. His brother is a Matthew McPherson who makes the best bows in the world. Amen? Amen? He is the largest archery manufacturer in the world, and we gave, Randy gave away one of his brother's bows, and I love that about Randy, he loves to give away his brother's stuff. (laughs) Uh, Randy's been such a friend to our state, and he's blessed the pastors. He is a pastor's kid, and so he knows what pastors endure and go through, and And uh, he has a heart for pastors, and he has a heart for people. I want you to give him a great big summit welcome today as he comes to minister the word. Thank you.
1: I am delighted to be here. You know, I have, um, this is my Alaska home church. And I want you to know I have Ritz here. Uh, My brother-in-law was a youth pastor here. And my brother-in-law and my father-in-law and another brother-in-law helped to build this church. And the parts of this church that you had to repair in the last eight years, they probably were responsible. (laughs) But uh, I also want you to know that Pastor Milt and I sat in the parking lot of this church when he felt God calling him. And we cried over this church. We prayed over. And look what God has done. Amen? Before I get into my message, I want you to join me in singing. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing the greatest song that has ever been written. Mitch, I hate how tall you are. I'm kidding. I love you. I always wanted to be six foot, but never made it. And uh, so... Uh, You may not remember all the words, so pretend like you do, but sing with me.
2: Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong, yes, Jesus. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, hold it, the Bible tells me so, Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide, he will Wash away my sin. Let this little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Uh, jesus loves me Uh, he will stay uh, close beside me all the way Uh, if i love him when i die uh, he will take me home on high sing it yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so.
1: Isn't that the greatest news? Before you're seated, I want you to look your neighbor in the eye and say, Jesus loves you. You know, folks, this is my fifth pre- time preaching in four days. So to put it a little simple, simple uh, I'm whooped. But you know what I find is when we're at the end of ourselves, God shows up. God shows up. God's here, and I believe that today's going to be an awesome day. The world has bad news. God has good news. And you know, uh, my sister who gave a kind of a word that God had given her about past experiences that tend to haunt our future, was so right on. Because my message today is live forward. See, God's been speaking to me about the importance of living forward. Because there's so many times, all of us have things in our past that we tend to drag behind us as we try to live our future life. I had talked to Pastor Milt, I was thinking about getting a bag with 100 pounds of sand with a rope on it and tying it behind me because I'm dragging this weight. And you know, folks, you're dragging stuff that you shouldn't and don't need to anymore. And unfortunately, a lot of times those things that we drag behind us keep us from what God wants to do. And tragically, I see so many people start well, but they don't end well. Do you want to finish well? I want to finish well, folks. I want to finish well. I want to live well. I want to finish well. You know, my father died in January, less than a month short of his 88th birthday. And my dad had some up and downs. He had some failures. He grew up in a tragic environment with drug and alcoholism and just you know violence and all kinds of things that were really horrific and um, you know I know some of those things I believe kind of haunted him in his life my dad was also a pastor and pastoring in a small t- a town in Wisconsin called Nielsville, he helped pione- he pioneered a church there today that's my home church and last year he applied for and received, he renewed his credentials as a minister in the Assemblies of God in the state of Wisconsin. You know, I believe we should die with our boots on. We should die ready to go, all engaged. And you know, he was walking a couple of miles a day until God took him. You know, we should just be engaged, shouldn't we? And I like what, you know, one of my favorite passages, and one of the things that, uh, and I have lots of favorite passages because Anytime God, you know, can I tell you this? This is where life comes from. This is the source of all problems. It's it's not about social justice, it's about being justified by faith. No, it really is. All problems are solved at the cross. And I love what Paul says in Timothy. As for me, Timothy three six, for Second Timothy three, six, as for me, my life has already been poured out. As an offering to God, the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but also for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I think there's a perspective. And, he, and Paul says it here, he, he, he finished well, he ran the race. And then he says, and the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. You know what I find? God spoke to me. I'm just sharing you, when I preach, I just share what God's teaching me, okay? I'm a little thick-headed, and God's got to, I'm, I'm, I'll soon, Lord willing, be 66 this month. On the 22nd, I'll be 66. And I sometimes say, wow, God, you still got a lot of stuff to teach me. And God spoke to me. And yet, this is the first time I've preached. This is not a, a message I've preached anywhere. This is the first time. Because God said you needed to hear this message today. Just as I have needed to hear it. It's to live forward. You can't do anything about the past. It's done. It's over with. So why are you hanging on to it? your mistakes your failures the people who hurt you the 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 you know what i have a i had a in 2000 i had a, such a phenomenal business failure it made the news how would you like to have your failure make the news news broadcast talked about my failure the ink business magazine my mother, my brother matt Bless his heart. Made the Inc. 500 list twice. Recognized as the the top 500 fastest growing companies in America. That same publication wrote about my failure. You know what? I determined with God's help that was not going to define me. Don't let your past define you. The only thing that should define you is your love for God. Aren't you glad That Jesus loves me. He loves us. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's the best news there is. Jesus loves you. In spite of anything that's happened. You know what's cool? I remember as a little boy. And I was taught that if you've sinned, you just ask Jesus to forgive you. And it's gone. It's like the Bible says, he throws us into the deepest sea. And it's gone, but we tend to hang on to it. We tend to be entitled to do things because of our past behavior, right? Uh, Coulda, shoulda, woulda, but that jerk did this, and the reason I'm so angry is because people have hurt me, or whatever, or my failure makes, uh, makes me never want to risk anything again. That's not, that's not where God wants us to be. We need to hear that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I love, you know what? Sometimes the those songs we learned as children is still just as applicable today. So what God has told me is that I need to be right hearted, clear headed, and eternally focused. Right hearted, clear headed, and eternity focused. I like, uh, I love David because boy, did that guy was that guy a loser at times? You know, I mean really he did some pretty bad things but he always came back to what mattered and he didn't let his past failure keep him from what god had for the future psalms 39 verses 23 and 24 this should be our prayer every day and i prayed this prayer before i came because see i don't want anything in the way of what god wants to do when i stand before you today i stand before you Asking God to search my heart. And see. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. If you want to live forward, it starts with every day searching your heart. What's in there? You see, one thing that you have to come to understand is you can't hide your heart from God. God sees it. He knows it. Why did God call David a man after his own heart? Because he knew the heart of the man. And God clearly knows your heart. He knows if you put anything above him the love of money, the pursuit of your happiness, the anger that you feel towards others. What's in your heart that doesn't belong there? The better we deal with that, the more God can bless us. You know what it also says? The prayers of a righteous person availeth much. Our prayers are powerful when we've cleaned our heart. So if you want to live forward, it starts with a heart issue. Today, God's saying, What's in your heart? It needs to be clean. Renew my mind, renew my heart. If we, we have to be right hearted, and every day is a heart heart checkup. Some of us have been in and had stress tests, and they 're checking our hearts out. I get migraines, and uh, I went to see a a, a, a doctor about it, and uh, a neurologist because i just it 's frustrating you know it leaves me pretty you know messed up and I, my vision goes bad and and I was starting to get a bunch of them and uh, so I went to this neurologist and we you know and they you know I I love doctors but they also don't always know what's going on you know they don't have all the answers but God does anyway the this neurologist says I'm not worried about your headaches I'm worried about your heart because people who get auras or visual things with with their migraines tend to have heart issues holes in their heart breaches and so, if you like to, we'd like to check out your heart. So, I said, okay, that, that's good, we should get to the bottom of that. I didn't realize the test was they stuck a broomstick down your throat. So, and they have to keep you awake to do it. And, and because after they put this probe that feels literally like a broom handle going down your throat, uh, <clears> throat, and you're trying to keep from gagging and all this stuff, how many know that sometimes in the doctor's office we're pitiful? If you've never had a colonoscopy, you'll figure out what pitiful is. Okay? There's just times I'm sorry we're just pitiful creatures, you know, and uh, it just keeps us humble. And anyway, so they, st- it's they stick this broomstick thing down my throat, and then they have me bear down. And the good news is they found to have a really small breach. It's nothing serious. I need to take a baby aspirin to keep, because you can throw clots and those kind of things. But it's good to get our heart checked out. But what's more important is to check our, our spiritual heart out. We've got to be right-hearted. If you want God to help you live forward, and, you know, as I shared last night, Ephesians says that before he made the world, he knew us and planned in advance, before he made the world even, for us to be. And that his plan is to make a masterpiece, 2.10, we give him the brush, if we check our hearts every day, God's got a plan for something masterful, something beautiful. In 320, it says, with God's help at work within us, he can do infinitely more than we might imagine or think. But folks, that's over with if our heart's not in the right place. Where's your heart today? Is there anything in your heart, your spiritual heart, that's between you and God? Is there anything in your life, including a relationship with somebody. Sometimes we can love others more than we love God. Guess what? We can't love others like we need to until we love God first. So it's a heart issue. So God asked me and he asked you today, where's your heart? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Well, he does anyway, I can promise you. Test me and know my anxious thought. You know what? Anxiousness is not of God. If you're feeling anxious today, it's, it's a heart issue you're not trusting god and believe me i have my own struggles with anxiety there's a crazy world i am so done with covid i'm just done with covid whatever will be will be and as my granddaughter said when we were sailing on a boat when she's two she didn't really like sailing made her scared she said i'm she says all done with this You know, we just sometimes we just need to be all done with things. And whatever is in your past, anything, you know, I have things in my past that and I went to a high school reunion a couple years ago and all these old things came back. And I thought, and folks, that's a long time ago. <laughs> high school, that's a long time ago. First of all, I'm really grateful I got through it. I was not a great student, and God helped me get through it, but I realized there was feelings and emotions, this feeling of just not fitting in, being inadequate, and you know all those feelings you have of not measuring up, and everybody else is cool and you're a fool, you know, kind of thing. Its just I, was dra- I didn't realize it. What, you, what are you hanging on to that you may not even realize? And as you let God search your heart and your anxious thoughts, he will get rid of it. Point, point out anything in me that offends. You know what offends God? Is when you don't trust him. You know, it's one thing to believe the Bible. I believe the Bible. I don't always like it when he makes me live it. Just living by faith isn't all it's cracked up to be sometimes. Oh, really? I'm just, can we just be transparent? I don't like living by faith. I just wish God would fix the problem. We'd get on with this. I remember saying to God one day, God, I know you're trying to teach me something. I'm a little thick-headed. Could you help me get it? Because I'm not enjoying this one bit. Right-hearted, folks. We've got to be right-hearted. Then we need to be clear-headed. Boy, sometimes used to be Zig Ziglar. He would call it stinking thinking. You ever had stinking thinking? Some of you... Maybe many of you brought some stinking thinking into church today. We're going to leave it at the altar. Because God clearly is speaking to us and he confirmed it with the word from, that, from our sister this morning. It's time to leave some stinking thinking. Romans... Uh, Here's what Romans 12, 2 says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let, listen, are you listening? But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I shared this last night, but I heard about a man who was giving his impassioned testimony to another man. Because God had done such a miracle. Brothers, has God done a miracle in your life? Sisters, has God done a miracle in your life? Yes, he's done miracles. And he was sharing impassionately how God had changed and was just begging this guy to give his life to Jesus. And the guy looked at him and finally said, man, are you brainwashed? And you know what he said? You're right. You should have seen how dirty my mind was before Christ. We need need to let God truly brainwash us every day. Every day we need that cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ, the work of God, to cleanse our mind because, you know, there's just stuff in there that doesn't need to be. God challenged me to quit feeding my mind the trash of this world. And to, and to spend more time in his word because this is, where, this is where clean, holy living comes from. If you love God, this should be a priority for you. You can read the Bible through in less than a year if you just spend 15 minutes a day. And what I started to do is actually read from cover to cover again rather than just spending time in Ephesians or Proverbs. Or, I have favorite books of the Bible, but sometimes we can learn something from Genesis, like how quick men and women screw it up. Verse one, God said it's good." Verse three said, "Not so good." <laughs> Chapter three, I mean, right? I, I, honestly, I told my wife, honey, it's just, wow, as human beings, we are so prone to fail. We are one bad choice away from a train wreck. No, really? We've got to be clear-headed. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. I want to be a new person every day by changing the way you think or renewing my, your mind, as one translation says. Change the way you think. We need to change, with God's help, the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Folks... Let's be brainwashed every day. Let's let God wash our brains. Thank you, Jesus. You know, then the other thing that God told me is not only do I need to be right-hearted, clear-headed, but I need to be eternity-focused. Because everything else becomes, as the one hymn says, goes strangely dim. When we become eternally focused... All that other stuff. I was complaining to God one day. And God can handle it, by the way. And it kind of uh, stinks to live in this life if you're a perfectionist. And I know exactly how I want things to go. And it doesn't go that way. And I was complaining to God about all these things that just don't seem right. And I finally ran out of things to complain to God about. (laughs) And then, I was just quiet. Be still and know that I am God. Many times God speaks to us in the whisper. And he said, because it's not about this life. It's about the life to come. Aren't you glad we have the hope of all hopes. You know, it's, it seems like when I grew up, we preached a lot about heaven and hell. We don't hear that much, but there is a hell. But More importantly, there's a heaven. God's prepared a place. I will see my dad again. And I'll be able to say again, thanks, Dad. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad? Just believe. Just believe. We get to live forever in a place where there will be no pain and suffering. We will no longer say goodbye to those we love. My favorite, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Colossians. And you need to read it a lot, okay? Just like I need to read it a lot. But here's what Colossians 3 says Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights. Listen to this, folks. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. You want to you live forward? You've got to start thinking about heaven. Then I want to be ready. I want to finish well. I want to serve God. I want to be not only right-hearted, clear-headed, but I want to keep things in perspective. I don't care how long you live. It's not very long. Did you hear me? I also believe if you're breathing, there's a reason. And it isn't to sit there and wait for the rapture. But it's to be fully engaged in God's work. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. You know, it's a lot easier to get, put that stuff behind you when you live with the perspective of eternity. Am I making sense? Okay, just checking. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking. Don't you like that word lurking? Honestly, within all of us, there's the potential for things to lurk within us have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. That's just part of our human nature, folks. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. When we want something so bad that that's what we think about all the time, we're putting that thing above God. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world, but now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sin nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. It goes on to say some other wonderful things about about how we should live. You know what? When we focus on Christ, we focus on eternity. When we put put nothing above God, everything, we put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He takes care of the rest. Eternity focused is what we must become. Then it doesn't matter what's happened in our past. Aren't you glad for that? When you get to heaven, are you really going to be complaining to God about what happened to you as a child? Are you? I don't think so. When you get to heaven, are you going to tell God how unhappy you were with the bad back you had? Let me tell you, if Pastor Mill makes those 84 miles on a snowmobile with his back, it's a miracle no I mean serious sometimes we just we. did Paul have a physical alien you know something going on some thorn in the flesh yes he did but do you think when he got to heaven Paul complained about it ain't going to matter so here's my challenge to you and I want to finish with this scripture and then we're going to have some altar time because whatever you've been dragging you're going to leave it here today isn't that going to be good want to be set free? Sometimes as Christians, we still drag stuff with us. That's not God's plan. That means you still have to be dealing with some, some right-hearted issues, some mind-cleansing issues, and some eternity-focused issues. And I'm, I'm preaching at me this morning, folks. I Believe me, I'm working on some things myself because, you know what I find is at the end of myself, God shows up. Aren't you glad? Listen, I don't know, many of you are in different places in your life spiritually. Let's all be rocking for Jesus. He's, he, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile, who you are. It doesn't matter. He's got big days ahead for you. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. You know, even Paul recognized in this life, he wasn't going was, to be perfect. Paul's the one that said the things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't want to do, I do. It's not about being perfect in this world, but it's a journey to perfection. That's what he's calling us to. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. When Christ possesses you, you have a desire to pursue godly perfection, to become the man and woman that God has designed for you to be before He even made the world. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. I want you to listen. Are you listening? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on to reach the end. I press on. There's a pressing on that we must be a part of. Good things come hard. Bad things come easy. You'll never be the man or woman you want to be till God is firmly where he needs to be through Christ. So my brothers and sisters, let's forget the past and let's look forward to what lies ahead. Let's be right-hearted, clear-headed, and eternity-focused. Amen? So, uh, Mitch, if you could come up and lead us in the Hallelujah course. No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) It is a Hallelujah, isn't it? It is. Let's hear that. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus! Jesus. Guys and gals, guess what? This altar is open. This is where you're going to leave it. You've been dragging it way too long. Way too long. You're going to leave it right here. We'll clean up after you. All right? We'll clean up after you. But it's going to be left here. Pastor Milk, could we get some of your prayer team up here? And would you join me on the pulpit, please? This is your shepherd. This is your leader. And I want you to understand something. I travel the world. I've been in thousands of churches. In my opinion this is one of the finest ministers the gospel have ever met in my life. Come on up. So here's the deal we're we're going to be here till you get rid of it. And I like to eat. So could you get this over with? But we're going to we're going to we're going to uh, do some worship music and then Uh, Do you have a prayer team, people? We're here to pray with you. Because here's the deal. Uh, you, You can't fight the battles alone. That's what church is about. We support each other. We help each other. We mentor each other. You know, the best gift somebody can give me, Milt knows me, and I don't know why, but he still likes me. And my wife has been married to me for almost 45 years, and she still loves me. So prayer team, please come up here. And then we're here to help you take what you've been dragging behind you for years and leave it here. Can we do that today? All right. Let's stand to your feet, worship, and then come forward, and let's pray, and let's leave. Let's leave that stuff you've been dragging right here at this altar this morning.
0: had a word this morning concerning wounds as a child. I've counseled many people, hundreds and hundreds of people through the years. The enemy tries to hurt children. He tries to hinder them and to wound them. And his desire, his plan is to carry, that they will carry those hurts and wounds for the rest of their lives, hindering what God wants to do. And I want to invite you this morning. Find one of the prayer team. Pray with Randy and I. We'd love to pray with you. But let God bring healing to those wounds of the past so that you can go forward into everything that God has for you. Amen? It may not be an emotional wound. It may be another type of wound, maybe something else that's holding you back, but bring it to Jesus and give it to him today. Will you do that? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com slash give.